What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Thursday's episode of All Canadian. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill here, and we have a big episode to go through. Some CFL gambling, some end of season gambling to get to because we can do that now legally in Canada. Don't worry, we will get there along with some other major news from around the CFL today. But first, we got some ad reads to get through. And if you are still celebrating that reading from Bill C218, go ahead and crack open a fresh Sawdust City beer to help you with that. Sawdust City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This June, as the month comes to a close, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. Use all caps CFP during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only, must be of legal drinking age. And for everything concerning return to play, it's Fox 40. The Canadian Football Perspective Podcast Network is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology, helping you get back on the field with things such as the tri-layer whistle mask, the electronic whistle, and the Whistle Gator, all great products from Fox 40. And for 15% off of all of those return to play whistle needs, visit fox40shop.com and enter the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off. Newsmen, a lot of news to get through today. Some sad news, some really great news, but let's start it off with some U Sports news. And we know how good on offense the Saskatchewan Huskies are year in, year out with that awesome rushing attack backed by Adam Mackert. Now they're going to get some beef on the defensive side of the ball. Nick Weeby is transferring in from the Oregon Ducks after playing two seasons there to join the Saskatchewan Huskies. Big transfer for them. He, he only played in four games, but it's still what a great pickup for an organization when a D1 player who had game experience comes back up to U Sports. Oh, totally. And not only is he a D1 player, he's a Power 5 conference D1 player. He played at Oregon in the Pac-12, stiff competition. So this dude can obviously play some football. I'll be interested to see where and how they're going to fit him into the Saskatchewan Huskies defense and then what he's going to look like on a U-Sports football field getting some impactful reps because I don't think he really got that all that much at Oregon four games over two years. That's kind of all you need to know there. But some exciting stuff for the Saskatchewan Huskies football program. A free agency tracker for U-Sports as well. The St. Mary's University defensive back Matt McConnell, who we thought might go in the CFL draft and didn't, has now signed an undrafted free agent deal with the BC Lions. So Matt McConnell going from the East Coast all the way out to the West Coast. Absolutely. Get yourself in a camp. Get a chance to prove yourself on special teams. That's what he's doing here. Some other U Sports guys, though, inking their contracts. That is your Edmonton Elks. Grant McDonald, Cole Nelson, and Peter Curtis, all three U Sports guys from Calgary, U of A, and out East as well. So they're starting to finalize their draft class as we inch closer to training camps opening up. Good to see them sign those draftees. I'll be excited to see where and when they're going to transition into some Edmonton Elks jerseys. 
That is it for signing news. This has been the week of retirement in the CFL. There's been so many across the league. And we're going to run through them all because there are some pretty shocking ones. Especially the announcement that came on Wednesday. I mean, if you haven't heard it by now, pretty crazy. But we're going to run it through from the top, starting with the Montreal Alouettes. Natei Ajayi announces his retirement. Bo Banner, Zach Wilkinson. And this one kind of shocked me a little bit. Andrew Becker, who hasn't even played a snap, nor has he entered a training camp in the CFL yet. Sixth round pick for the Owls in 2020. So to run it back, Natalia J, Bo Banner, Zach Wilkinson, Andrew Becker, four of the players calling it quits for the Montreal Alouettes. couple other teams as we speed through here. Taylor Loeffler retiring the Lions safety. J.P. Duke, one of the Red Blacks retiring. We will get to the other one in just a second. And then Derek Dennis from the Edmonton Elks. Not retiring, but taking time away from football for 2021. Just inked a new multi-year deal with Edmonton. So that is a loss for them. And then someone coming back in. That is Lions receiver Javon Katoy, who is opting back in for 2021. Last time we saw the Lions, he had 44 targets, 386 for yardage and a touchdown. And he will join an already stacked receiving core of Brian Burnham, Shaq Johnson, Dominique Grimes, and Lucky Whitehead. Should be interesting to see how they use Katoya with all the other weapons that they do have. Took a big step in 2019 with BC. It was his first season. Not a bad way to start. Another wide receiver that has signed. Familiar face for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Nate Bahar re-ups his contract with the Ottawa Red Blacks. Nice to see him moving in where one is moving out. And that is Brad Sinopoli. Yes, unfortunately, after a great career, the Ottawa Red Blacks and the CFL are saying farewell to one of the best Canadians to ever do it, Brad Sinopoli. Nine seasons in the CFL, but he's not done yet. He will be joining OSEG, the Ottawa Sports Entertainment Group, as their community ambassador. He played from 2011 to 2014 with those Calgary Stampeders, really got his start, became a face in the league. And then he solidified his career from 2015 to 2020 with the Ottawa Red Blacks. In the career, two-time Grey Cup champion, two-time most outstanding Canadian. Four consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, and he holds a CFL single-season record for most receptions by a Canadian with 116. In U Sports, though, Hat Crichton Trophy winning quarterback. And my gosh, he's, he's got to be one of the most notable names in Canadian football history recently. Can we just roll back and, and we forgot to mention what school he won that heck Creighton with. I believe that was the University of Ottawa. I believe he was a GG. I believe he was the last relevant player you guys have had, but yes. Hey, my school has a lot of flaws. You can come at me too, but with Sinopoli, this, this is just a career that has been built up from his time at the University of Ottawa to this point of being one of the most outstanding players on and off the field, despite his position, despite his level of competition. It is a sad moment to see him go, but boy, am I glad that we ever got to see him play. And we got to see him in person, actually on the field, standing next to this guy. When we played OVFL football back in the day as, uh, as young kids coming up in, 
in the Canadian football community. We got to actually run scout team for Calgary as they were coming through on a road trip. And we were down on the defensive end of the field running scout team for the defensive side of the ball for Calgary. But man, like, wait, I don't know about you, but me certainly, I just kept looking down at the field at Sinopoli going, oh my God, that's him. That's him in person. And he wasn't even like, by this point, I think it was his last season with the Stampeders in 2014. So that would have been his breakout year. But dude, I couldn't stop looking down the field. I got his autograph when we were there. I, I do have his autograph from when he played quarterback in Calgary. Uh, it's one to keep, that's for sure. Him and Kevin Glenn were two of the ones that I got. So what a pair to have if you're looking at CFL uh, autographs. Hall of Famer? Has to be. He has to be a Hall of Famer. Especially for what he's done for football in Canada, football players in Canada. He was one of these guys that young kids, kind of around our age at the time, maybe you know, 13, 14, 15, really could look to point at and be like, hey, he's ours. Him and Rob Bag for me, were really those guys. We could point to them and physically go, they're us. They played at schools in Ontario just like we did. Like Rob Bag played at Frontenac. Brad Sinopoli played at Crestwood, who Frontenac met so many times in Offsa Bowls. So for me, those were the guys where you could just say, I want to do that in some capacity. And it's realistic to go do that because look, they're in the league and they've already done it. And then you add in all of those on the field accolades that we had mentioned previously. And even though we only played nine seasons, he was amongst the top in the league every single time he caught the ball, especially in that black and red in Ottawa where he had played so much football already. So the league is going to miss... Brad Sinopoli, dearly. Those highlights are always a treat when you get them on the rotation. But where the CFL loses, Ottawa Sports Entertainment Group gains. He's going to be phenomenal in his role as the community ambassador. The city of Ottawa loves him. They've loved him since he's been at the University of Ottawa. He now went back in 2015 to the Red Blacks, where he's been just a staple of the sports community and the community as a whole in Ottawa. Absolutely, and that now moves us into our final big segment where we have to harp on and pound on the table for Bill C-218 because it has gone through. And of course, that is a great way to remind you guys to kick off legalized sports gambling in Canada with Bet99. If you enter the code CFP upon signing up, it will match 100% of your initial deposit up to $600. If you want to get in on my Belgium pick from last week or last episode to win the tournament, you can go ahead and do that. My sons cashed and Croatia cashed. That's 2 0 start for me on my wagers. So I'm, I'm going to be pretty uh, confident going to the next ones. No guarantee that they work out as well. But just a reminder that we are responsible gambling, and every game starts at bet 9-9. Single event sports betting in Canada is going to be legal. And the vote passed overwhelmingly. Let's add that there was 57 yays to only 20 nays, and 5 abstained from a vote. This was the last possible week that this all could have happened. If you listened to the Tuesday show, you heard us say that this is the last week that Parliament was open for the summer. After this week, all bills on the table 
would be pushed back to the end of the summer when session resumes. And that could have meant a dissolved government or can still mean a dissolved government. I guess I should correct myself there because we don't know what's going to happen coming up after that. There could be a new election. New election would have forced the bill to dissolve and come back around. So for this to go through at the time it did is absolutely massive. There was, what, two days left on the table for this thing? It goes through on the Tuesday officially. We don't have to worry about it. We are getting single event sports betting. And with that, it is huge for sports in Canada, but very specifically for this podcast, the CFL. Now they can capture a portion of an estimated billion-dollar industry specifically to this league. It's a much-needed source of revenue. The new revenue coming in that the team can teams can explore, like the Alouettes partnering with that 9-9. This allows cash flow that was not previously available to the teams and the league, so it's a big boost for a league tough on finances right now. Like you said, this is massive for the CFL because for a league tough on finances, like you said, it's a brand new way to explore a brand new revenue stream. Getting in with betting sites like Bet99, like the Owls did, is huge. This opens doors. Fans are going to bet on these games. Fans have been betting on these games. To be able to use this and create profit and generate revenue from it is huge for, for not only the CFL, but sports in Canada. But one thing to keep in mind, this doesn't mean you can go out after listening to this podcast and legally bet on a game. It's not immediately legal. So once that approval is given, the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his cabinet will have to set a date for legislation to come into force. Provinces will then have to design and implement regulations for how single game betting will work within the respective provinces. And once this is approved, provinces will then have the authority to license and regulate sports betting, which has seen an estimated $4 billion spent annually by Canadians through offshore or illegal gambling operators. This now means this estimated $14 billion industry, this $14 billion spending by Canadians, while not all 14 while all not while not all 14 billion of it is going to go directly to the CFL, they can now carve out a pretty sizable slice of this new pie. And over at CFP, we'll, we will be keeping you guys up to date on betting in the CFL all season long. Stay tuned for spreads, lines, over-unders, player props, value bets. We will be bringing it all to you guys in the form of Connor's covers or the newly 2-0 Wade's wagers. Uh, so follow along for that. We will definitely be pushing that out on our social media platforms as well for you guys. So if you happen to miss an episode... You can flip over to Twitter or Instagram or TikTok at CF Perspective and get your gambling fix. We are going to be absolutely hammering on everything gambling. It's legal now. We are fired up for it. No CFL football until August 5th, but that means we can start getting ready to talk about gambling on some CFL football. So as we do that, stay tuned. And this is going to lead us into the main section the main segment of our show we're gonna have a betting bonanza as kind of a nice little intro to betting there's no lines out on these yet but we are going to be going through all of the season end awards and giving you some players that we think could end up in these positions at the end of the season or some players that we feel are the front runners so when these lines do come out you'd be like yep 
Heard it on All Canadian. Gonna go throw my ten dollars. Gonna go throw my ten dollars down on blank to win the most outstanding player of the year. It's not Masoli. Sorry, guys. I'm surprised that you did not spoil your pick right there. Are you giving me the first selection in our betting bonanza? I am. I'm gonna hand it off. I'm gonna give you the first overall pick. We are starting at the top <laughs> two with our most outstanding player. So, when the season comes around, when the betting lines come out, you can get on Wade's guy here. Cody Fiardo with Shaq Evans, with Kyran Moore, and all of the explosive firepower that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have. We know they were a game away last year from the Grey Cup. Cody Fiardo is going to have a big season. And I know honorable mention for this one is Jeremiah Masoli because we know how good that bad man truly is in the CFL. I mean, hell, he missed half the season, so instead of giving it to him, they just gave it to his top target last time out. Cody Fiardo is going to turn a lot of eyes towards the green and white this year. He's my vote for most outstanding player. As of right now, we're also waiting on lines to come out for this stuff. Pretty undeniable what Cody Fiardo is able to do for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I think that if they have a great season, they push the postseason really well. I mean, I know these awards are not based on the postseason, but if you're the reason that your team gets into the playoffs, I think that holds some weight to the award as well, which is why, this is a good segue here, which is why my guy for the most outstanding player in 2021 is going to be Vernon Adams Jr., quarterback of the Montreal Alouettes. I'm curious to see what he does with this team and this offense. I'm curious to see... If he really elevates his game, I think with him, just based on what the Owls offense is looking like right now, it's going to be a lot of Vernon Adams making plays for himself. He was one of the best passers in the country when we last saw him in 2019, not to mention the ability to make plays with his legs. In talking about getting your team into the playoffs, Vernon Adams is going to be quite possibly the biggest reason that the Montreal Alouettes find themselves in a playoff spot in 2021, which is why I am giving him the award here early on. The next major award for the CFL is the most outstanding Canadian. My pick, going to the double blue with one of their newer linebacker additions. That's going to be Cam Judge. I think with the amount of pressure that the defensive line is going to put on teams, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Judge to rack up the tackles, rake in some TFL, some sacks on plus ones. And then we all know how athletic he is. He can get out, get some turnovers in the passing game as well. Cam Judge, to me, just can put it all together in this Argos system. And teams don't know what it's going to look like, but they know that he is going to be one of the focal points to that. And it's going to be huge in his case for most outstanding Canadian. So you got all these Ryder fans excited only to tear their heart out on the very next pick. Just just awful of you. Just well, awful. You know, you can't have one person from the same team win every award. I mean, if he stayed in province, he would have. Possibly. Possibly. Moving to my guy for most outstanding Canadian. Staying on the defensive side of the ball, this is not a homer pick. This is just a guy that I really think is going to take the next step here in 2021. He was the most outstanding defensive player for his team in 2019. And that is Edmonton Elks defensive lineman, Kwaku Boateng. I really think that with how he plays on the field, his athletic ability, his ability to disrupt the 
not only the design of an offense, but to really just disrupt a game. He's the type of player that you game plan around, game plan against, cue off of, look for when planning your offensive attacks. And I, I really believe that, you know, while he often doesn't show up too, too much on the stat sheet and doesn't get some of the kind of numbers accolades, when you watch the tape, it speaks for itself. And the players know who Kwaku Boateng is. You do not run at Kwaku Boateng unless you are ready to lose yards. Next big award. I cannot even deny anything about Kwaku that you just said. So we're moving on. <laughs> Coach of the year. Coach Orlando Steinauer won it last time we saw the CFL in action. This time, though, I'm going out to La Belle Provence. Kari Jones. I feel like Montreal is going to be a huge team this year. They're going to upset a lot of people, shock some others. And that's going to bode well for Kari Jones taking home coach of the year. When they have a big jump, t- people always look at two things, quarterback and the head coach. I think with Kari Jones, that's going to be the biggest difference. I can't argue with Kari Jones winning the award, especially if Montreal comes out and just has an unbelievably shocking season, which I think is very possible. Bet 9-9, go get on those plus 860 Montreal Alouettes Grey Cup odds. But you took my head coach from my most outstanding player pick. So why don't I just turn around and take your head coach from your most outstanding player pick. This season, if it goes the way that I think it's going to fall, if Saskatchewan has this season that we're all kind of sitting here waiting for to happen, it can't be anybody else other than Craig Dickinson from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Next award, Defensive Player of the Year. Back to back champion coming from me. That is going to be one Willie Jefferson. This man is listed at 6'7. I swear to God, he stands at seven foot six. He is a monster and he plays like a monster. I I just I just don't think anyone's gonna dethrone him. He's the guy to he's the guy that you go to when you need a big play. I don't think anybody is gonna dethrone him either especially with where the caliber of his play has been at over the last few seasons. A repeat for Willie Jefferson is likely in the cards. When we were building out the dock, I initially slotted him in as well, but I I wanted to diversify a little bit. We couldn't just both harp on the same name. So for some, some parody, I went with a different name. Not quite that different though. If I wasn't going to give him the most outstanding Canadian Certainly had to give him the most outstanding defensive player of the year award. Cam Judge, double blue, one of the best linebackers in the game. I mean, skip back about a minute and a half and check out what Wade had to say on Cam Judge if you missed it. I don't really need to say any more there. Most outstanding offensive lineman. I said we didn't want to double up, but we absolutely have to for this award. And I will let you take it away. The king is coming for the throne. Mark Cordy, Ottawa Red Blacks. I said it, what, two weeks ago when we did our players we're excited to see. It's time for the top offensive lineman to take his spot. That's what we're doing right here with this award. It is Mark Cordy's throne and Mark Cordy's throne all to himself. I Is there anybody else that you could see potentially winning the offensive lineman of the year award? Or is it just Mark Cordy's to lose? Mark Cordy's to lose. He's too good. He's he's too talented. He's had a year and a half to build up. 
and I think it's just going to be a show whenever he steps on the field. Quite solidly the best offensive lineman in our league. Let's move to the section that has had me absolutely licking my chops this whole time. No, it's not the most outstanding player award. That's a quarterback award, and we all know it. The most outstanding rookie. We haven't seen a 2020 rookie class yet. We haven't seen a 2021 rookie class yet. There is two full classes loaded with talent here. Lots of great players. Who comes out of this unscathed as our outstanding rookie of the year? Should I go because mine's just obvious or what? You can go. Well, to get it out of the way, it is Marc-Antoine Ducroix. Yes, fine. He's a DB. I like DBs. Whatever, whatever, whatever. He is a damn good football player. How about that? Let's start there. He is the skill set to be a day one special teamer. You plug him in and put him anywhere you want. He's going to go downfield and do whatever you need him to do. Same can be said for his ability to play on the back end of a defense. We saw it at the East-West Bowl in 2019. He took reps at literally every defensive position, half, corner, safety, even some Sam snaps. I don't see him playing Sam. Let's not fool ourselves here. But he is a guy that you were comfortable with plugging in on any position in the back end of your defense. I think that's really going to help him get some live-action game reps this season. And what we do see out of him, I believe, is enough to win him most outstanding rookie. My guy, Calgary Stampeders defensive lineman Isaac Adeyemi Berglund. He was a first-round pick two years ago. We have not seen him touch the field, but we know the production and we know the strength that he plays with. I can see him making an immediate impact for this team. Another good pick. Another guy that I think we're both really excited to see him get on a field. But a ton of other players that we could have mentioned here. Like we said... Two rookie classes coming into the CFL this year in 2021. We, we didn't mention Jordan Williams. We didn't mention this year's number one overall shock pick, Jake Burt. Thomas Jack Kurdiala, who the Edmonton Elks picked up. We didn't mention our guy, Dejan Brissett. Is there anywhere else you can see this award going? The guys that you mentioned kind of covered it off. That's, that's what I'm thinking about. It'd be interesting to see how the two number one overall picks play Jordan Williams from 2020, Jake Burt, the shock pick from 2021 to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. A lot of things to get excited for this upcoming football season because we are getting some CFL football. But Wade's most outstanding player, Cody Fiardo, mine, Vernon Adams. Most outstanding Canadians were Cameron Judge, Kwaku Botang, Coach of the Year, Montreal's Kahari Jones, Saskatchewan's Craig Dickinson. Sorry, Coach O, no repeat. We love you. We just don't see it this year. Most outstanding defensive player, Willie Jefferson, Cameron Judge. Most outstanding offensive lineman, unanimously, Mark Cordy, the king. And then our most outstanding rookies, Isaac Adiemi Berglin and Mark Antoine Ducroix. That's going to close it for today's show as well. Wait a second. We have one last bit of breaking news. It's a subtle brag from Connor and I. We're breaking news here on the show. The OUA has just announced it'll be a day old by the time the episode released, but they've just announced their return to play structure for G1 sports. That includes football. It will feature a reduced regular season schedule, which includes a six-game slate. 
amidst a transition to a two-division setup, East and West. From our sources that I have talked to personally before this, we know that the East-West split goes Toronto, York, Queens, Ottawa, Carlton for East. I don't think anyone could have predicted that, except for, oh wait, maybe us in 2020? Yes, that's right. Connor and I predicted this almost a year ago. I mean, come on. It's pretty surreal for us to uh, get that right. Pure luck, but still, we are getting OUA football this year. That leaves the Quebec Conference as the only one not to announce the return to play. Oh, sorry. I just gotta, I gotta put my nail gun down here so we can finish out the episode. We absolutely took aim, fired, hit the bullseye on that one. It was a hypothetical, but not an unrealistic hypothetical. I'm just excited that this indicates to me there's going to be some OUA football. Yeah, it will be. That sounds absolutely beautiful to my ears. But anyways, we have now given you our betting. We broke a little bit of breaking news so that we didn't miss on it until next Tuesday. But for now, that closes out the episode. Yeah, we will dive into that headfirst on Tuesday. Had to get it out late before we closed out the show. As always, though, before we do bounce, we want to take a second to remind you that Sawdust City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more about beers like the Passion Fruit Guava Kettle Sour, Marsh, with the A Block interview with Sam Corbet, head brewmaster over at Sawdust City. So yes, head over to sawdustcitybeer.com to learn more. And this June, while you're over at their website, our listeners get an exclusive promo code. So use CFP during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be legal drinking age to get in on the Sawdust City action. And one final ad read, the Canadian Football Perspective podcast is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology. For 15% off all your return to play whistle needs, visit fox40shop.com and enter the code CFP15. For now, and for the rest of the week, I'm Wade Zanketa. Connor O'Neill is with me here, at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill, at CF Perspective on any platform you choose. Take care and have a great weekend.